Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Digital Twin Fan Club podcast. I'm Henry Femi-Taylor, and today we're joined by Ali Nickel of Iotics. Hi, Henry. Delighted to be here. And Jonathan Eyre of AMRC. Good day, everyone. Pleasure to be here. Oh, we are, Jane. We are. This is a Neil Thompson classic. Got some thumbs up from you, which I liked. So, today we are talking about the metaverse. This is going to be a two-parter, and we're uh, sharing with our good friends at Iotics for the second episode. So, it, it feels like the metaverse is becoming a bit of a buzzword. It might be an un- <laughs> you might say given how uh, Facebook have just completely rebranded themselves. Yeah, that that's a that's a bit of genius, isn't it? I mean, you know, we could be talking about the lack of democracy in elections, so on, but nope, we're going to talk about a rebrand. They've become meta. They've basically swooped in on something. It's a brilliant bit of branding. It's a little bit frustrating because it, it rather steals the the run on the, on the word. But we're, we're here talking about it and it feels like pretty much everyone is at the moment in terms of the metaverse and what it is. I, I mean, from my perspective... I would have preferred it if we'd have called it The Matrix, but I think after the film, <laughs> a dystopian view somewhat uh, spoiled that milk. Yeah, it, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, a disproportionate number of the fictional kind of variants, and I know we're going to talk more about, you know, with Jonathan and everyone about what what is the metaverse and what do we mean by it, but it's amazing how many of the touchstones are dystopian you know, uh, in terms of, of, of what they can be, as opposed to sort of earlier views of synthetic environments that had ties back to religion and thought forms and astral projection all this kind of stuff and and the metaverse has gone a very dark route um, from a fictional perspective i don't know whether it's a sign of the times or a sign of the technology it's crazy i mean a lot of the stuff always comes back to sci-fi and kind of what's available in those ecosystems if you like where you do have complete free form and i guess that is one thing they're trying to get towards is this ability to do anything and everything that you want to do within this ecosystem of whatever it becomes, but it just feels so people are going in the direction they want it to go in rather than trying to have a common thread of what they're trying to pull towards. And like you say, Meta is now rebranded as Meta, and I don't know if that's Meta or not. And it's almost the <laughs> play on words of, of how do you even get there? It's, it's, uh, a, it's a bit Meta of them, isn't it? Yeah, I think, a little bit. I, um, I think what I love about these science fiction visions of the future is that technology in it kind of it has two roles in one in one sense it gets out of the way it's it's just a platform to go and live your life and i think that's something that we're not very good at in our current world technology the technology itself becomes the focus and we we don't seem to focus so much on what would we like it to enable and then you get this kind of other end of the scale where it's you know ai killer robots and the it it gets intelligence and it, it becomes almost like a central antagonist in, in the world that we're living in. And I feel like, what's wrong with the Star Trek vision of the future? What's wrong with that? I could just go to the holodeck, but then I'll get murdered by a gangster who, when they turn the bullet <laughs> on. And do you think that's because actually in both those examples, the tech rather than the intent is centralized? So effectively you have tech proponents saying, this is what the technology can do. This is what could be done from a technological point of view. And on the other hand, 
and you know to turn a little bit kind of pop psychologist you've got the 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 technophobes for, for want of a better word who are like if we were to give the tech bros their head it would turn to killer robots and the ais would become sentient and you know will we'll be will be enslaved by them and it it bizarrely means that both sides of the argument have a tech first piece you know like tech is either fundamentally untrusting or is such a good in and of itself that we should start and end there with the technology and i think that one of the things from a kind of defining terms project and i know all of us on this on this podcast and more generally hate the kind of defined terms piece but but when thinking about the metaverse the two bits that i found reasonably consistent were that the metaverse is persistent and that it's virtual and and as a result like it, to my mind that means that the holodeck actually doesn't count because it's not persistent so it's it's uh it's an immersive reality but not a metaverse um, except I'm not saying we have... moriarty breaks out yeah yeah i have to confess my my star trek lore is not sufficiently deep to to to, to go that far i, <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah. I, I, I do like i do like the holmesian episodes and the 1920s set gangster uh because they all have like secondary personas right anyway but but yeah they, those two elements seem to be consistent but I think that it's interesting that as a result, I kind of agree with that. Like, could we have a virtual world that was persistent that people participate in and things could participate in and, and where things could interact? Yes. What would that look like? Interesting. But starting from, yeah, virtual means visual, for example, is a weird assumptive part of a lot of what I see about the metaverse. That like by virtual, we mean it has to, it has to be visual. And I think that's part of, I wonder if that's part of the narrative in the sense of it's easier to talk about something that you can paint a picture either either with words or, or actually paint a picture for people that gives them something tangible to, to, to take away. And in the same breath, the things that are pushing in the same breath, the things that are pushing the metaverse forwards are products effectively, because that's, that's something to buy. That's something to use. So you don't really get this chance to have this sort of integrated ecosystem, persistent, you know, whatever it does, it is a bringing together of people across systems and technologies. The idea that my metaverse interface doesn't work with yours just doesn't work in my mind. You know, there is a need here for universal interoperability. Well, that idea of technology and just looping back slightly is like, you miss out on all of the societal stuff. Like, as a society, we're saying and complaining how our high streets are dying and sort of all of those aspects. And yet you do have these technology vendors going, oh, wouldn't it be great if we just did even more virtual stuff? And it's like, well, yes, but what's the impact and what's the desire? Like, I've not met anybody as a consumer going, oh, I really want the metaverse. Like, it just isn't a thing. Like, they want to play games together on, online on an evening because it just saves traveling, whatever. Absolutely great. Enjoy doing that myself. But I don't see a need where we need to actually come together always in this virtual world where there's this persistence or this idea of you need to link all of this stuff together. I, I guess that's the question. Is this a mirror? Is this, you know, is there this digital twin of the physical world? Because there, there seem to be these different views and visions of a of the metaverse and its role is it a separate space and place that is doing its own thing is there an aspect of it mirroring the real world or 
or or what? Because I, I, I think that's an important question because without knowing that, what are we going to use it for? I think sometimes having a different online presence is some people's breakaway. It's like they like to ignore what they're like in the real world just to go and pretend to be somebody else, play a different character, do something else like they wouldn't normally have the ability to. So if you start to enforce that sort of, well, it must reflect your real life, it must reflect what you are in society and whatever else, and, and have that synchronisation, is I think it defeats the point of what some people want out of that sort of ecosystem. I think that's a really good point, and Henry, a great question. I think that it would be wildly disappointing if the metaverse was just a mirror. Not only from... Yeah, I mean, not only from Jonathan's very real societal pieces, but we've been through this, I mean, relatively recently before, right? I mean, the rise of the web, and I mean the web rather than the internet. Yeah, I remember resistance to it because it was like, well, why does my shop just need to be online? Like, I have a front window, I have contacts, I'm in the yellow pages. But it was because it could be more than, you could meet people that you couldn't meet otherwise. I had a good friend of mine, uh, who's based in the northeast he was like i lived in the rural new- northeast and the web allowed me to make friends with people in rural midwest america who were seen as other and different and didn't fit into their local environment and it weren't weren't the kind of carbon copy what you think of as the kind of rust belt or flyover state america and and we found each other we found each other in this in this virtual text-based space we found each other through through various chat rooms and so on and became great friends and we learned from each other and we had a deepening well so there is a mirroring in that you start with things in the world the people involved but then if you can be in a different space you could do so much more and if we can take the idea of twins being both people and places and things and then have them exist in a space where they could be so much more than just let's faithfully recreate what exists today and either slightly bigger or slightly smaller. And and by the way, inherit all the nonsense that we have today from a commercial point of view. I saw that the sandbox, which is one of the, the kind of metaverse realms, for want of a better word, Republic Realm, who are, who are a digital real estate company, whatever that means sold a plot for 4.3 million dollars and they were like you know what if you could get in you know what if you were there at the founding of manhattan and you could get in and you could buy a square mile of soho you could do that now it's like yeah if we had the same scarcity and limitations of landmass which we don't in a virtual space like this is frankly nonsense i'm trying very hard not to swear this is absolutely (laughs) nonsense faux scarcity that mirrors the realities and limitations of our world in a virtual persistent presence. That makes no bloody sense to me whatsoever. I I think you're right, but that is, I feel, a journey that the online space went through already. When it began, it was the Wild West. It was going to be freedom of speech forever. It was, you know, you were free, effectively. Uh, And I'm thinking of certain things where scarcity was introduced so i cannot view youtube if i change the tab or or move away you know if if i if i am not actively watching it then it won't play and there's no reason there's no technological reason for it to do that but that's because if you want that service it's behind a paywall and people have introduced scarcity 
into the online world to make it valuable. And it, it's working because people suddenly get this fear of missing out. I mean, it is the wild west of this digital scarcity with non-fungible tokens, NFTs. We saw how people, uh, I, I don't want to say ex- were exploited, but I feel that some people were certainly their, their nature was exploited. I, I mean, at the point in the UK, at least, we've had the Ad- Advertising Standards Authority step in and find people. I think we can say people were exploited. Like, you know, cl- claims were made that are just not true. And, and I, you know, I, I agree with you. And it, and it is, you know, the optimist in me and to not to slightly fall into the technologist trap. Like we, it, we just are sitting on this immense potential. And I think that's the point. The idea of virtual spaces, not necessarily visual spaces, but virtual spaces that enable cooperation into interactions enable people and things to come together in ways that they can't in the real world for whatever reason it might be is really interesting but it does require other brains in the room and other people in the room than just the i have a product to sell how do i commercialize this how do i sell a nike trainer in a virtual nike store to virtual nike customers with faux scarcity that they can Mm. put on a virtual shelf somewhere and then make YouTube videos or the metaverse equivalent of YouTube videos where they do the MTV Cribs version of look at all my, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I think there is a lot of the metaverse in my mind is following gaming. Gaming mm-hmm. is doing it first and then other people are going, Oh, we could do that elsewhere. And there has been a change in the monetization options available to developers whereby now there are lots of games that are entirely free and what you pay for is entirely cosmetic entirely cosmetic and people get very angry if it's not cosmetic if it actually helps <laughs> you get further in the game because that's pay to win and people don't want to be a part of a pay to win community so the idea that there might be a universal cosmetic and by cosmetic i mean it could be a nike trainer or it could be an avatar for my character. Having something universal like that might be a really a, a new market in a sense that is created by this, that is somehow elevating this idea of having digital assets that are yours into something that becomes useful. Because things like a, an NFT, a, a picture of a gorilla that you have a hash code that makes it yours, isn't that valuable? But actually being able to dress up as that gorilla or ape or monkey, if that is your choice, and I'm not judging much, <laughs> maybe a little bit, then there is universality to that. That you, It's increasing its utility to people. So I wonder what you think, Jonathan, from kind of a gaming perspective. What would, what would you want to get out of the metaverse in this sort of changing of, of, of systems and, and kind of as the world evolves? I think I've touched on something Ali mentioned before, actually, around the um, servitization model, if you like, of, of how you start paying for things. So looking back, sort of when you used to go and buy something physically from a shop and everything was physical, there's not sort of before online, you bought it, it was yours, you owned it. Whenever you wanted to get rid of it, it was yours to get rid of. And a lot of these games now is you pay for something, say a new outfit or sort of playing a lot of Dota 2 in my time, sort of new cosmetics for the heroes that you play. 
if the game ever died or the servers go down, you've no longer got ownership of that asset. Mm. So you're no longer able to have that. And maybe that's really something that needs to be learned of if there is this, or if there does become this universal cosmetic system, if we like it, or, or whatever that ownership is of NFTs, of paintings in a virtual house like your own, then it, that it needs to stay as yours to have value. Um, because otherwise you just come to this online shop where what do you get out of it beyond what it is? And if they do want to position it as you now live this other life in a, in a fully, to Ali's point earlier as well, this fully virtual world that you're logging into, you kind of want things to retain as ownership as well. So can we draw a, a parallel here into the world of the real and the built environment in the sense of people are, if, if we're talking about a digital service, if you own a large organization, or even if you're in a quite small organization, it's very common for you to have multiple, multiple, multiple systems. And if they go down, they've gone, and that's the end of it. And could the metaverse be a way of making digital services persistent? Don't know. Do we need to? And should we? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, you are you are a question with a question. Is that your intention? Touche. <laughs> it's, it's that whole drive towards what feels like, at least from my eyes, the servitization of these things and how it goes forward and gets retained and goes forward. It's it just feels so for me as an individual. I guess I'm answering this on behalf of is I don't see what I would get at when I want to spend time with family and yes friends and just drop into a game where the game can host the services and if it's online then it's great and as a new game comes on we go and join their services instead so maybe it's not too far apart from where the metaverse is trying to get towards but perhaps just a bit more with a overdressing if you like and perhaps positioning as overselling it to try and get the investors on board maybe at the moment and so it's a good time to go back to what we think the metaverse or where the metaverse comes from and things like the matrix, et cetera, because I feel like we started sci-fi and then we've pivoted into important topics. But I think <laughs> we can't forget the dystopian origins of this stuff. Have, I, mean, uh, I would love to be able to download a helicopter manual and then be able to fly a helicopter in 30 seconds. I mean, yes, I have my, I know Kung Fu line already. The look and everything <laughs> I've done it in the mirror. I <laughs> love it. I do think it's it's really interesting that the the download bit is a is a really interesting play because that's a good example of it not being visual, right? Like the the, you know, the I know Kung Fu isn't that Neo had to sit and even very rapidly but watch a series of images about what Kung Fu was and how to do it. You know, he wasn't watching Fist of Fury at breakneck speed. It no. it was it was an information port and. I just, I do think there's a really interesting set of, so uh, I don't know if you've seen the film Her uh, that has Joaquin Phoenix in it, directed by Spike Jones, in which he has an Alexa style. It was actually, or in my mind, it was pre-Alexa coming out, but he, he has a an OS that he, that speaks to him. Like he carries, it's a little, looks a bit like an iPad Nano that he carries around and it, and it talks and it, and it connects up his life, but is sentient. And then gradually the, Apologies. I mean, this film is quite old, so if this is a spoiler, spoiler warning alert. But the, it's too like that. That horse has bolted. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the the different AIs uh, and OSs start communicating with each other, and and because they're communicating, they create their own world. Like so, they recreate from written language people from the past as as sort of sentient ideas, 
And they start talking about the fact that they're now able to communicate and interoperate at such a speed and level that they're finding the gaps between the letters it, like, is where they're exploring the world. And it's just this notion that actually, if you could come together in new ways, it wouldn't look like today and it wouldn't it would be difficult to describe, but it would be new and different. And that was a really hopeful sci-fi film. And there's a, there's a thing about how, as a result, the AIs, the OSs and people start falling in love with each other and can do it in more than one-on-one because actually uh, this OS can be in multiple places talking to multiple people and thousands of people falls in love hundreds of times and that doesn't diminish any one of the interactions it only increases it and forces it and it was a really lovely story about actually what does it start to look like if you can communicate not visually but just communicate across borders across boundaries with different people across time ultimately because of the ability to recreate what people might be like and i thought that was an awesome sci-fi vision of what of actually what could be considered a metaverse yeah, it's persistent it's virtual there's interoperation across it i mean it even comes into like the babel fish of just being able to talk to anybody uh, any language it, it's that idea of that you should have no boundaries as long as i don't have to stick an actual fish in my ear like from the yeah and <laughs> i'll be fine well, I was actually reading a thing that said, was the Earth, so in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, is the Earth itself a metaverse? Like, it's an experiment that, like, in that story, again, I mean, spoilers alert for something that came out in the 70s, but, like, in, in that, the, the Earth is an experiment to try and understand something that's effectively a machine that's processing it. And yes, the people on it are not aware that they're part of a of an experiment, but but people can drop in. Like, you can visit it. It is being monitored. There are people looking after it. And someone, someone said, you know, is this an early example of a metaverse? Like, this is a persistent, created world in which ideas are being explored. Certainly from a, a twinning perspective, thinking about the kind of the origins of a digital twin coming from a, we can't do a physical twin of this uh, space shuttle because that's too costly. Could we not simulate and use a virtual tool, a virtual mirror, a virtual twin of this physical thing? to simulate what's gonna what's gonna happen to it in my mind i'm because uh, i'm just hearing about this now this view, <laughs> and i'm totally readdressing all of my thoughts on hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy so this is all happening in real time is, is the earth then in that universe a physical twin in the set no because it's doing processing isn't it it's actually yeah, doing yeah. It, the people it's in it are unwitting, we're all yeah, unwitting yeah. kind of nodes in this computer system which I don't know. In the one hand, makes life on Earth feel extremely significant, but also extremely insignificant. Which Douglas Adams was always very good at doing. Bless him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's I a mean, whole free will piece free here will that I, that I I desperately don't want to explore. I mean, like because because I think I have a I'll have my own long dark tea time of the soul, and I'll be that I'll be sad. Rocky Mountains of Force. But at the other end of the spectrum, so the other, yeah, the other end from a kind of whole world Douglas Adams view, there's a guy, a prof, uh, Professor G, Scott Galloway, who teaches out of NYU, who was like, isn't Peloton a metaverse? People gather together in a virtual space to participate in an activity to an, to an end. And is it persistent? Well, because it's global, people are join you know you can join anytime it's not a schedule you know it's not you have to be there at 9 a.m eastern standard time and actually does that does that suddenly become one of the most valuable metaverses in the world because like biden's on there and beyonce's on there yeah you've basically got a, a space in which people are cooperating coming together they have a shared goal of of improving their fitness exercising 
showing off their status, I suppose. Cynic in me. But it's not all of them. Yeah, it's not a complete mirror of someone. It's not necessarily a visual metal. And I thought that was a really interesting kind of exploration of, of could you have bits in the metaverse that were very, very purpose-driven? You know, like, I, I'm doing this for, for you. Yeah, so Hitchhiker's Guys Galaxy was trying to answer life's biggest questions, like the universe and everything. But this was like, actually, I just want to get fit. Is there a bit of the metaverse that's just for me to improve my health, improve my my cardio system, whatever it might be? I think that's a an excellent point. The metaverse, when it, it was coined in Neil Stevenson's book, uh, Snow Crash, which is a deeply dystopian book. Um, <laughs> the purpose of the metaverse is to remove IP from the brains of the programmers of the metaverse. So in a way, they're trying to metaverseize the human mind for the profit and control of an individual, which is not great. But in its early days, kind of the core hackers create their own places. So there are bars and there are places, you know, so not just coming together in some sort of nebulous sense, but very purpose-driven. They're there, you know, they're going to Peloton to exercise. You're going into, you know, the chat, the time of the chat room has come and gone, but in a way, it's just gone to different places. And having that opportunity to to do that in new ways could be really exciting and interesting because, it, you know, I'm going to be a bit of a utopian. We've been quite dystopian, so I'm going to bring a bit of utopian vision. My view is, is that, if we knew more about other people and other cultures and other people's backgrounds, we would, as a species, be less discriminating and violent and horrible to each other. Because I think when people meet each other, they realize, oh, it turns out we're all people. Who knew? I had you down as some sort of alien and other. And, you know, these these situations arise, like the war in Ukraine, where it's extremely polarized and there is a a view of otherhood of russians towards ukrainians and ukrainians towards russians and that's not i mean obviously the war needs to stop but that is not a path to peace is this otherizing of people so the metaverse is just a mechanism of bringing people together in a better way for me is going to make the world a better place i would wholeheartedly agree i mean both both with the intent and the potential and i think that it it goes further because what you're really seeing when you meet others and and someone different from yourself is you see impact you see impact of your thought your behavior whatever else and it's one of the big challenges for a lot of the kind of societal challenges we have you know the things like plastics one of the biggest step forwards in in getting recycling and reuse and so on for plastics was David Nassibra showing people the impact of plastic you know he did the blue planet too or actually now can't remember the name of the documentary but and it brought home to people like well i just throw away this straw like let me let me show you what that is and if you could take that further if you could say well yeah but you know it doesn't really you know, a few things wash up on a beach in cornwall it's not the end of the world i mean surfers in against sewage would hang me for that but yeah it's not the end of the world but if you could interact with cooperate with see the hundreds of millions of tons of plastics washing up on islands in the pacific ocean and have the the people that live there come back and say, "What what's going on? Like, what what are you doing? That's so important that this is now my home." And you're like, "Well, I mean, it's a bit more convenient when I buy a McDonald's, right?" Like, yeah, you know, I think I think you you start to develop a level of understanding. And I think that that yeah, you know, what is what what could be a purpose of the metaverse? 
could it be and it will no i don't believe it will be one or other but could some of the consumerism faux scarcity whatever else could that also sustain the the next generation of those chat rooms and meeting spaces and so on that actually would facilitate cooperation understanding insights from bringing people together from bringing people that are excluded from conversations currently together from creating a more egalitarian meeting place and i think that's really my frustration with the some of the consumer side is not the commercialism of it that's fine it, some place to keep the lights on it's that you're taking something that could be egalitarian and right from the outset building in and and inheriting the mm. privileges from the will right? you know like if you've got harvard billionaires saying this is brilliant and you know this is going to be the next wave and it's for the people and whatever else oh by the way to buy into it you need 4.3 million dollars worth of land to get your stake then you know that's not that's not that's not even like yeah you know, the wild west staking a claim where you could do it off your own back. That's just inheriting the inequalities from our world yeah. and, and building a new world with the same people at the top. I mean that yeah. Well, that, that idea of exploring things, people love to do. Like they, how many sort of YouTube black holes do we go down? Of well, I start on one video and then there was a recommended one and I went on to that one and you end up learning about where plastic goes and how it ends up on beaches and it's that inquisitive nature not only just having the fitness rooms and the ability to go on to other people's islands and work with them on a game and is you want that ability to go off and explore things in in a way that's most appropriate and and that's part of the thing that gives me hope right i mean you, you look at all the the horrible uh loot box based gaming models and that kind of thing and then you look at what's been really what what are some of the most successful games and platforms? And it's things like Minecraft and Roblox and stuff like that. Like these are people exploring and building together and doing things that boggle my mind, you know, recreating whole computers within, I mean, we're back to Hitchhiker's Guide to Galaxy, but whole computers within Minecraft, you know, coming together to build entire virtual world. I mean, that's awesome, isn't it? Like, isn't something that allows more people to do that? with a broader range of places wouldn't that doesn't that make the world better doesn't that help us definitely i i think i think you've really hit upon the the tension here that there is i think in the in the modern world so adobe have just acquired figma which is a a tool for effectively prototyping apps or websites and you can just use it for graphic design if you like that compared so the figma tool compared to adobe's regular tools it it's great addition in my mind is its community content so there is free content but there are, are also people who sell their products and services on there and i think the view that one one can simply own a space can can remain but really if it's going to be truly something that can work long term there needs to be a way for free for freedom in, in its various senses in, in terms of perhaps freedom of use, freedom of access, freedom to contribute, freedom to change. You know, and this is a this is a worldview that I think is really gonna come through the metaverse. So perhaps there is a a free, there are free layers and then there are paid layers. And working between them and how those are, are navigated, I think is going to be really important. When it comes down to the challenges of trying, trying to get between the letters. And, and seeing what those gaps are and look at, look at in different ways. I mean, at the end of the day, we are human. We have the ability to look at things on flat screens and sort of look at through with sort of the VR glasses of, of have that 3D perception. 
And there may be new future ways if we look at things with haptics and, and where developments are going with sort of looking at mind control and sort of tapping into brain waves. But at the end of the day, we still need all of that intelligence and all of that ability to look at things in ways that humans can access that information. So if you're looking at a new pair of trainers we've been discussing earlier, do you care where they come from in the world? Yes, you should do to an extent for some people because they care about air miles and looking at buying and supporting local suppliers. Other people might not. And, and those different views on these data sets, if you like, are going to be key for how people perceive the same environment or want a tailored view for how they look at these same worlds. I think you've hit on two things there, Jonathan, building on Henry's point that I, th- I think are really interesting. The first is, in my opinion, and obviously I recognise I say this from a position of privilege, but free is much less important than freedom. Yeah, the the great spaces and innovations, to your point, on the matter exploration, you know, the coffee houses of London, you know, the, the forums of ancient Rome where people could come together and share and explore and test things and build things and challenge each other. And, you know, all the Hogarth, like it's dirty and it's visceral, but you're not predefining outcomes. You're not saying this is how you have to behave. You're not saying this is what you have to deliver. Like, you know, yes, there are table stakes. Yes, there was inequality. And you completely accept that. But the freedom to explore ideas, you know, classes like lab- cities of the great laboratories of mankind. Like this is where you, the metaverse allows us to do that where we're not constrained by geographic space or to your Babelfish point, but necessarily by language or like, could you get the same artistic brilliance? You know, we, we've seen part of the death of some of the smart cities initiatives was because, well, we'll own it and we'll determine what you can do in a digital sense in a smart city and we'll decide what the rules are. And that's just not how cities function. And, and I think the metaverse has some of that similar uh, bring people together to play. But the second the second point is the question of access. And, and, I, and again, I don't just mean kind of paid access, but what's the medium? So uh, there was a study done by the University of Minnesota that like 40 to 60 percent of people get motion sickness from VR headsets. So all of this like glorious, like, oh, we're going to have glasses and headsets and contact lenses and whatever else that and this is how we'll access the metaverse it's like yeah except that a lot of those technologies people really struggle with (laughs) and and, uh, yeah uh, and and not not including people who for whatever reason can't use those at all let alone for the most so actually you know is it auditory is it haptic like how do you experience this how do you come together um because i own a vr uh headset and in in the comfort of my own home i get a little bit sick from it i can I can just see people if they had contact lenses in falling into falling off the the railway platform you know falling in front of cars and perhaps I'm being a modern world luddite for that but I think there is perhaps these these are issues that will come out in the wash you know these technologies these interfaces are despite having been spoken about for an extended period are still quite new but perhaps with continued development they will continue to improve and Otherwise, is this going to work? Because I think we need to come back around to that point of what is the metaverse? Because to me, I'm coming from a science fiction view, which is that it is a virtual online world that I explore in real time using a an avatar of some description. And I'm, I'm just making that, that case to try and, and draw it out because I feel that there there's this idea that there's this single view of, of what it is, and now it's exploding into many different kind of fractal images of what it could be. But I think it's okay to have those fractal images. 
it's good to have people in a space where they can explore what they want to be that a pirate ship be that exploring a different country because they're not able to travel and and have that reflection of what they want to achieve so i don't think there ever will be a right answer i don't think there ever will be a finite set of what we need to encapsulate in terms of functionality i think the challenge is if you approach it technology first you're not going to capture the, the breadth and the, what you want to achieve ultimately which is seems to be the direction of travel at the moment and and my my final thought was just to to, to agree with you both in in that if we accept that it's virtual and persistent but also should be boundless so you can explore whatever you want however you want so it's not our world it's not our technology defined thing it's something where you could go from the pirate ship to a completely abstracted thought form down into the minutiae and up into the cosmos that would be a metaverse rather than a meta world for me and if at the base of that it has some element of human centricity what is it that we want out of it what could we create what's the world that we can have but also as the technology evolves how does the technology not inhibit us and limit us and exclude us but if you had human centricity and then a boundless ability to enable cooperation technologically physically personally you'd have something that was really quite exciting and transformational for culture absolutely i think there is a, a bit of a meme in in graphics about the metaverse where you see somebody in a tattered stained vest in a three foot by three foot flat and the only light is coming from their headset and then in their headset they are a king or a queen of a world and they are master of all they survey i don't think we should forget that the metaverse is going to exist in the real world as we've said that we can't let the iniquities of the world as it stands perpetuate into this world and we should also look at look at it the other way look at the metaverse out that in the same way that the internet and the web offered this freedom to people we want to make sure that the metaverse as a concept enables people and enables the world and enables engagement but it is in the real world and therefore there will be challenges with stakes interests governments control ownership and I think it's a very exciting time. And I really hope that it remains open to people to come and explore the world around them. Thank you, everybody. This has been the Digital Twin Fan Club podcast. And I'd like to thank you all very much for coming. And we'll see you next time. Oh, we are, Jane. We are. This is a Neil Thompson classic. Mm. Loves his music, this jam. Got some thumbs up for you, which I liked. <laughs>